Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester. Arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch, from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello and welcome to Worcester Culture Watch on Telegram.com. I'm Victor Infante, entertainment editor for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Later on in the program, I'll be talking to reporter Richard Duckett. But first, I'm here with reporter Craig Seaman. Hi, Craig. Hi, uh, Victor. Long time no see. I know. Well, we are. what you don't see out there in the listener land is that we are back in a real, semi-real studio with these things and not like... In the middle of a newsroom, hoping nobody comes in and makes <laughs> noise. Yes, we're definitely back we, bigger than ever. We are back, and so this is going to be a lot more comfortable and a lot less jumpy. Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. We've all just started, and we've already gone off the rails. Yeah, okay, instead, of that's a, instead of a broom closet, now we're in a water closet? Or? <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's keep this in good taste. <laughs> and speaking of good taste and jokes, uh, jokes um, you've been up to some funny business lately. Yes, yes. I just had a big story Sunday, uh, which I was working on for a little time, uh, piecemeal type work, uh, and is political correctness ruining comedy? That is the question I asked several national comedians, and why political correctness was not always accused as being the culprit. Social media was often blamed as being a game changer and possible career ender. Now more than ever, and you, you've seen this, Victor, I'm sure, mm-hmm. comedians have had to apologize about things they have tweeted or posted or for leaked material from their stand-up acts that have made it on social media without their permission. Yeah, and that's, that, it's, it's, it's so funny because it's such a morass of separate issues right? that kind of get all lumped together because the world moves in fast forward these right. days. Um. Just, just as a disclaimer, and I know, I know this is an opinion that was shared by some people in your stories. I actually don't like the the, the phrase "political correctness." Okay, fair enough. Personal. Every time I see "political correctness," I see somebody who who's looking for an excuse to be a jerk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the "all lives yeah. matter" of right. comedy or right. whatever, or political commentary. It's the oh, I'm an equal opportunity offender, but you know we're well, really ar- ki- we're really kicking a few people a little harder. <laughs> I, I had a big argument yesterday about political correctness, um, and they were talking all politics, and they said political correctness has nothing to do with politics. No, but they they were under the impression it did. And they were harping on that Kathy Griffin thing, which mm-hmm. was a, a and, political satire, according to her. Uh, sure. But I'm like, and after like 10 minutes of this argument, I couldn't win. I'm like, political correctness has nothing to do with politics. No. No. In fact, And but, I try to stay away from that in the story. Yeah. And I mean, the Kathy Griffin thing came up. It, it was such, such a weird and compelling yeah. moment with, um, for those who were unfamiliar, she did a sat- satirical bit, which included the severed head of yeah. the 45th president of the United States, 
I can see where some people got I, upset on I that mean, one. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I come from the school personally, and I try to keep myself out of the story. Hopefully I did. I think you did. Uh, if you laugh, it's funny. You can always be ashamed at what you're laughing at later. Yeah. Okay? I mean, you can't deny a laugh. If you laugh, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, if you're uncomfortable, uneasy, outraged, that's a different thing. Uh, with the Kathy uh, uh, Griffin thing and uh, f- uh, Frank Foley, who's uh, across the street at XL All Morning Show, who did yep. a great job in the story, um, he, he like, him, like myself, we're not big fans of her. Mm. But my take and his take is pretty much you kind of almost lose your career over something like that. That that, that's, that, that's, that is probably an overreaction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I mean, as I uh, one thing I had in the original story, which I cut out because of length, and you know how length can be for a story. Yeah, I mean that my story was really that one, was that was a pretty lengthy story there. Yes, yeah, so thankfully uh, I was uh, they had the room, but I mean originally I had a hundred and fifteen inch story, <sighs> and that's without Orlando Baxter and Lenny Clark in it. Oh, goodness and gracious. And I got it down to 85 with both of them in there. Yeah, and those so are two I'm, people voices yeah, you really and, want in that and story. And Lenny, Lenny Clark was actually kind of the catalyst for the story mm-hmm. because Lenny was the first, and I explained this to Lenny, and God bless him, he did get back to me. Lenny was the one that I wanted the most and first, even though I got him second to last, because he did a routine uh, 45 days after the marathon bombing at the Boston Garden about the the marathon bombers. Yeah. And the initial reaction was people looking around like, my God, what? how can he be going here too soon? And then moments later, people laughing uh, riotously because it was funny. Indeed. And, and as I explained to Lenny, you know, you're a Boston guy. This is your city. You you love the city. Obviously, there was no malice or no ill will to it. And it was, uh, I mean, it was a very clever, smart routine. And if it was anything else, he would not have done it. Yeah. And there's a lot of, uh, there's, especially with a routine like that, with Lenny Clark and a comedian like that, um, that can that sort of laughter and that sort of moment can do a lot of healing. I mean, yes. which is what happened. And as I explained to him, I mean, he's playing this. To the front rows, half the people in the front row had no arms, miss, were missing limbs. Yeah. Because they were survivors. And sometimes we forget, I mean, three people, uh, God rest their souls, passed on that day. But there was a lot of lives shattered. Ir- irrevocably scarred. Yeah. And, yes. and, and, and I mean, I worked that day, which was supposed to be a normal day. And when you start seeing the unfiltered photos coming through, it's not images you don't want to. Images you wish to see. No, and uh, but uh, God bless him. He did a great routine. It was funny. Uh, it was a routine that was like first time he really did it. And as he said to me, uh, his brother took who's this, who's been his manager for decades took a picture of him right before he went on, and you could just see the fear in his eyes because this could have been a make or break. Oh yeah, a moment. But then again, he realized what he had. Yeah, and I really want to make a point here. There's a difference between a comedian such as Lenny Clark, who is very skilled right. at what he does. Not everybody could have done that. Most, very com- few people most comedians very, would have bombed. Very few people could. Yeah, and they, I mean, besides the fact they would have been uncomfortable in their own skin doing it, they would, it would have, yeah, it would have been, it would have been trite or it would have been tacky or, or, yeah. or insensitive. And, and, and this has always been my point with, 
I'm kind of in the category of a lot of people in your story, um, including Orlando Baxter. I was always glad to see him in there. Yeah, I'm glad Local he got boy back. done good. I'm glad, and he actually just came back from, uh, I think, a yacht cruise. Yeah, he, he was a was doing, on the yacht. And he, and he was filling in four days for uh, the guy that was married to uh, Drew Barrymore for a minute. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, the that Canadian. Guy. Yeah, uh, uh, Foxwoods. So he was really jet-lagged, but show what a great guy he is and loyal to our paper and loyal to Worcester. He made a point to talk. I and and that 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 was that's greatly yeah. appreciated. He was a great voice in the story. But there's a sort of I think anything is fair game in comedy, personally. I agree. But there's a difficulty bar. Yeah. And you've got to be way up here, way, way, way at the top to handle some of the material. Well, I mean, you got to yeah. realize, you got to yeah. know, you, it's like uh, Clint Eastwood once said in uh, one of the Dirty Hair mo- movies, I mean, it has to know his limitations. Exactly. Just because you can talk about it. I mean, as John Cleese said at the, at the Hanover when he was here a few years back, he says, there's a lot of clever people. There's very few funny people. Yeah, there are a lot of people who can take a routine, say, from Chris Rock. Yeah. And the, that same sort of material, it would not be funny in other Correct. people's hands. Correct. I mean, it has a lot to do with nuances, delivery, and the smarts. Yeah. The smarts put behind it. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I got a little bit into Louis C.K., and he was one of the guys. And that, that is a to. different situation yeah. in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, the, more the, the leaked tape. Yes. Not his personal stuff, right? Yeah. That's that's not for me to yeah. really comment about. He obviously has issues. Indeed, <laughs> <laughs> to put it uh, uh, mildly. But uh, I mean, I I find it very scary that people can lose their jobs. I mean, mm-hmm. you had the situation, and I I did talk to Gilbert a little bit uh, at a panel about this because he's probably one of the most notorious ones. This is comedian Gilbert Godfrey. I'm sorry, Gilbert Godfrey. And I'm not that close to him to be called you know, I call Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah. We hang. Me, me and Gil were hanging out, you know. And, uh, we're just chilling. Yeah, <laughs> doing our Dracker impersonations. Uh, and uh, and he lost a very lucrative deal. With Affleck. Affleck, because he made some, yeah, I mean, I'll say it, made tasteless jokes that weren't funny. Yeah. I mean, they were kind of you know, you saw the punchline a mile away uh, after the big uh, earthquake tsunami that killed, I think it was 200,000 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, a ridiculous, ridiculous number in the magnitude, not in the... Yeah. And and he, the thing happened on a Friday. He made the tweets on a Saturday and Sunday, and Monday he lost his job. I think he apologized Monday and then Tuesday. So he lost his job really quick. And... Uh, I think he should have known better, but as sure. he, but as he but then again, he's an outrageous comedian, mm-hmm. and and Affleck should should in my opinion have you know thought about who they were hiring. Yeah, and, I yeah. mean this is not like a, I mean this guy you know, is very prominent in the Aristocrats video, which is I a love video, that movie which is so a much. great video if you if you guys can handle it. I mean, it's an NC seventeen movie, and, yeah, and it's all and, and it's all language. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a documentary and the dirtiest joke ever. And all comedians, it's like a secret society. All comedians know this joke, and they have their own spin on it. And the and the thing is, you try to outdo the other comedians by making it filthier and filthier. Yeah. And he probably has the filthiest one by miles. <laughs> yeah, on there. So, I mean, this is Gilbert. I mean, this is what he does. But Gilbert, one thing he said. I mean, he would. He still looks shell shocked from this thing. And this thing happened 
I think a decade uh, earlier. And he's like, uh, and one thing he said, which was very uh, funny and very true, it made him nostalgic for the days of the lynch mob because at least they got their hands dirty when they destroyed someone. Now you got someone in their basement that's, you know, tweeting. And his, his take was the fact that he felt that there's actually people there out there that take it as a badge, badge of honor if they're offended by something. They can go up yeah. and say, and I think there are people like that, because I think a lot of these people say they're offended by things. Why are you just offended? Well, and it's Nick, a stupid joke. Let's go on. And, and Nikki Luparelli in your story, made a really good point. Uh, local comedian yeah. and songstress Nikki Luparelli. The one and only. The one and only. Um, yeah, she made a really good point about You've got to be very careful about not silencing marginal vo- marginalized right. voices in the in this and that in this discussion of yeah. oh, just it's just a joke get over it because jokes have been used to used to oppress people right of, historically they right. they have been used to put people in their place right um, a lot I won't say all of it but a lot of my opinion of of people who are taking exception to, I'm using air quotes now, political correctness right. has been people who are mad that they don't get to tell racist jokes anymore or sexist jokes right. anymore. I think I, not everybody, and clearly not everybody, I don't think anybody in your story. Yeah. But um, but there, you, you hear that voice. If, that's, I kinda wanna if, separate, if that's the case, that's yeah. that's, and, and, that's and I matter. think And I want to separate that out from the rest because, right. yeah, outrage culture – can be kind of fast and furious, and it's there is a lot to really be outraged in the world. I'm not sure everything that gets attacked, as it were, online deserves it. Right. Very, no, I think I think we're being and and those valid, those are valid points. Yeah, I mean, there's no room for racism. No, uh, sexism. They're really not, especially in today's day and age. And, no. Uh, and we've definitely taken major turns mm-hmm. in the positive on that. But sometimes it seems like people are looking for a reason to be offended. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're looking for things that aren't even there. Yeah, there are times I'm just kind of listen, looking at something that's atta- blowing up on Twitter, and I'm like, yeah. I don't actually get it. I, I mean, even there's I, – I, I think it is so much more important now to stop and think before reacting these days to anything on the yeah. Internet. Because so much is just not true. Right. You oh, know? absolutely. I mean, my favorite, and oh my God, I'm going to defend the president. This is this is a moment. <laughs> this is a moment, you know. Dun, 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 dun. This never happens. Um, Victor defending the president. There is, and he rightly responded, you know, he, the president should be, shouldn't be getting into tweet wars with Bette Midler. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually met Bette Midler. She's one of the most lovely people I've ever met. Oh, really? Yeah. She used to be a customer of mine when I was a kid at the seven, working at a 7-Eleven. Oh, that's funny. Okay, yeah, it was Where funny. was that, Orange County? Yeah, Laguna Beach, California. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. What, but, did, what was her order? Did she buy um, She bought Slurpee and, or sometimes fruit juice did and nuts. Her, did you get an extra yeah. squirt? Uh, no. <laughs> it's all self-service, man. Oh, it was? oh, okay. And after that, I worked at a bookstore in the same town. She used to come in all the time. She was great. And she like, where's my Slurpee? Yeah, yeah I think she did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but um, off track, there is this thing going around, uh, a false quote. Um, that that 
about that was said to have come from People Magazine about the president saying if I was going to run for president, you know, supposedly said back in the 80s, I would run as a Republican because they're stupid or something, something like that. Okay. He never said it. It does not appear in the magazine. It does not appear in the record transcript. So People Magazine made it up? No, somebody else made it up and put it out there and keeps attributing it to People Magazine and it keeps popping up. And it's easily disproved. You just go to Snopes and they've got a whole thing on it. But it's one of those things that just keeps coming yeah. up. And there's plenty to criticize the, public, the president on. There's plenty to criticize any politician on. Right. But let's stick to real things. Because yeah. he, he never said that. And so we've got this, outra- again, another blast of outrage culture about this. And, well, I'm no fan of the target. Right. <laughs> you know, the, the, it, it's like, stop, think. Right. You know, is this real? Because the fact is, we live in a world now where we have to ask is this real? Well, absolutely. I whenever I have an argument, someone well, they said this about this. I'm like, but who said this? Yeah, where are you getting this from? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, and then they say it's like, have you ever heard of that source of uh, news before today? I, I never heard of them. Who are they? Where, where do they exist? What you know? Are they in <laughs> Butte, Montana? I mean, come on. I know it's like no yeah. friends to Butte, Montana. But you know, it's like you know, most of this, you know, is you know, it's. People have put out a lot of junk, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, some of it is a trip we can attribute to Russian disinformation campaigns or yeah. whatever, but some of it's just jerks. <laughs> now, uh, you, you might not remember this, but uh, before social media, and we're talking... I do remember before social... Uh, well, I, I'm 47, I, man. <laughs> before, in the 60s and the 70s yeah. and the 80s. We didn't have social media, obviously. No. And the only ones that could make or break a comedian's career were Ed Sullivan and Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. And uh, two most famous instances, Jackie Mason was banned on the Ed Sullivan show before both our times, actually, mm-hmm. uh, for allegedly giving Ed Sullivan, who was the most powerful guy in Hollywood at the time, the finger after he was told to wrap up his act. And don't worry, I won't give you that if you tell me to wrap up this. And Joan Rivers was being banned from full life for Johnny Carson after mm-hmm. the, after uh, she took a job. Hosting another show. Yeah. yeah. And, and in, in both cases, it really had nothing to do with the act. But now you got people not to, get, not to be on either side of Kevin Hart. Yeah. But, I mean, Kevin Hart stepped away from a coveted Academy Award uh, gig after a series of old t- t- tweets. Old tweets, which yeah, he had already apologized for. 2009 to 2011. Yeah. And, I mean, any comedian, I mean, besides, before, the biggest thing was to wish for the Tonight Show host. Yeah. I don't know if that's still the coveted thing. Eh, I don't think it, so. Well, it was for a long time. But then again, we're talking when there was three networks. Now there's a ton of late night yeah. hosts. Uh, so, but I mean, the Academy Award gig is—I mean—that's equivalent to the halftime of the Super Bowl yeah. for a musical act, and to th- and and uh, and like you said, Kevin Hart profusely apologized when he said it. Eh, it was a little after, but yeah. Okay, but he, he apologized <laughs> but years ago. He apologized for it. I mean, he's a comedian. Okay, people want to argue. I want to get into the context of the the tweet, but I mean, people—I mean, it's amazing. Something like that. Sure, sure. Um, And the fact of the matter is, what drives me crazy about this and about the internet is everybody thinks they're starting at the beginning of the story. Right. 
in in real time, Kevin Hart said a bunch of stupid things, yeah. stupid homophobic things on the internet. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Apologized profusely. Has talked openly about having a change of right change of heart in, since then, and often unprompted. Yeah, that he's had a you know yeah. shifting position because he's been, had more exposure to people. I mean, how old is the guy? Forty. Yeah. So like, he was thirty when he said it. Twenty, late twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Not that. Not that. That's that, a free pass. No. No. I mean, it was it was pretty bad. But um, but that being said, you know. Without taking an opinion, of, that's where we are at the story. Right. That this has all happened and that right. there was a process of apologizing and now Ellen loves him and, you know, all of these. And who are we to disagree with Ellen DeGeneres? Um, but, but now people, but people came in on that story think at the beginning, thinking they were at the beginning. Right. And it's like, well, all this else has happened. No, but he said this then. It's like, well, I said a lot of stupid things in the 90s. I was stoned yeah. for some of it. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, I, I, think that, I, mean, that, I, mean, I, I kind of have somewhat of a rule uh, not to leave a paper trail when it comes to stupid things. Yep. Uh, hopefully, I, I've been okay on that. I mean, I do like to tweet, but I do. Mm-hmm. I will sit on a tweet for a little while, and there's something that don't make it because... And I and I don't touch anything political after I think after the first six months of the current regime, yeah. I stopped doing political stuff because I was amazed how people would react, no matter what side you were. Yeah. on. it's like okay, and even Lenny Clark said that he won't do anything political. As it, soon as you say something political, you lose half the room. It's a high. It's a high bar. Yeah, it's, it's a really high bar. I mean, not everybody can be Stephen Colbert. You know? Right. And even our uh, even our uh, Lewis Black, who uh, called me when and actually he called me uh, shortly after his hundred one year old father died. Yeah. So. Um. So God bless them. God bless them both. And I know Lewis uh, was gracious to talk to me in a few minutes. But he says, you know, he doesn't like talking about Trump. He he's a New Yorker, and uh, Lewis Black is a New Yorker, and he talked about Trump for forty years. <laughs> So he had his full of Trump. I mean, he, he was, and and now, and and as he said, you know, in his career, uh, Lewis has made fun of every president mm-hmm. uh, who's sad and why he's been a comedian. We're talking probably forty years of presidents, and and he hasn't treated them any differently. But now it's become such a divide. Yeah, Jay, but that's not necessarily political correctness. No, regarding. Jay Leno had. Well, Jay Leno went off on a tirade a while back about, oh, you've got to be political now. It's all got to be. You know, yeah. you used to be able to not hide your hide your politics. To which John Oliver, the next day on the sh- next week on his show, played that clip and then did a rundown of almost every Monica Lewinsky joke that he told <laughs> for over years. Oh, yeah. Years. I mean, so, yeah, it's like yeah, sometimes people are complaining and sometimes people are like, maybe you're maybe you're romanticizing. Now, you, 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 you probably here. remember this because you might have even still been on the West. Were you on West Coast during O.J. Simpson time? Oh, yeah. So, uh, oh, oh, yeah. yeah I, I, I remember the traffic. Yeah. My, and my sister is walking distance from the restaurant mm. uh, because uh, she lived in Darlington uh, County, that area, But uh, at the time. But uh, if you remember, I mean, very strange thing because we're talking about a double homicide, yeah. no matter whatever side of the coin you were on. Of course. I mean, a, a gruesome, grisly double homicide. And... Uh, what made Jay Leno go through the roof in the ratings 
was when he started mocking the stuff with the dancing Edos and the trial stuff. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, on the other station, Letterman wasn't touching it at all because he said, I don't find anything funny about a double homicide. But, I mean, it became such a carnival, and and there was always that carnival aspect to that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's strange on what some people... I, I don't know how I got off to that. Uh, well, it's just like, yeah, it's just like, I, I, I'm just, it's just the, it's like, I, I find, it's a, you know, sometimes people's protestations of yeah. political correctness that today are a little disingenuous. Yeah. And, uh, oh, real quick, people I did reach out for, for the story, which unfortunately didn't get back to me for whatever reason, Jerry Seinfeld, mm. which would have been great, especially I don't now. Think he does the, interviews anymore. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, and I was told the thing about him not doing colleges is actually, according to Steve Martin, who wasn't if you but I cut out of the story. How many people cut Steve Martin out of the story? I know. Said uh, that was fake news that uh, Seinfeld actually did not say he won't do colleges now. I don't know if that's true. But Sarah Silverman, yeah, Amy Schumer, Bill Maher, who uh, was a flat out no, Kathy Griffin. Louis C.K. Uh, yeah, he's not doing anything. Uh, right Chewy Goldman, Kathleen Madigan, Jimmy Tingle, I almost had, uh, but he was busy, and Whitney Cummins. Yeah, few some good people. Yeah, there. but I'm happy with the list that I got. Okay, doke. Well, is there anything else that we should add? Cause no, I think we're If going- you haven't read the story, go to telegram.com and read it. It is really worth the read. Great job. Really, really interesting and thought provoking. Yeah, and discuss it, people. I think it's a topic to discuss. Definitely. All right, we'll be back in with more in a moment, but right now, here's the classic Whister Band, New Pilot. It's too late for running, but I know the time ain't right to get locked up in an ordinary night or to shove my mouth into
some of the way inside you, a new way into. I thought I was there, I thought I got through. So if you need to summarize me, like someone needs proof, tell them I gave you my hand, you gave me yours too. And we're back. You have been listening to Stuttering by New Pilot. Now, uh, if you want, haven't yet checked out, Matt Soper, frontman of New Pilot, has a series that he's been running at Starlight called Songwriter's Mind, where he brings not only brings in great musicians to play, but they actually interviews them about the process of songwriting. So that's really cool. And there's a lot of clips on that online. Uh, all right. <laughs> that being said, we're back. I'm here with reporter Richard Duckett. Hi, Richard. Hi, Victor. So what do you've got going on with us this week? Well, it's that time of year, finally now, where we can actually get out and go to some outdoor events. Uh, I was at the Albanian Festival last weekend doing a story, and um, so I, I thought I'd just give you a quick rundown, a quick snapshot of some of the things, by no means all of them that are going on. Uh, Excellent. Upcoming. Um to start with the most venerable one, uh, the Massachusetts Symphony Orchestra Summer Concert Series. It's the 69th for them. Um, wow. <laughs> and um, they will have been 25 years at Cristoforo Colombo Park, or East it's Park, park. <laughs> uh, on Shrewsbury Street, um, with their holiday concerts. So the 25th holiday concert is actually going to be on July 2nd uh, with uh, the orchestra, um, vocalist Jane Shivik, who's excellent, the choral group Vox Omnis. Uh, they're going to perform the usual American composer's um, repertoire, but also they're, they're going to be uh, having um, some songs from Hamilton as well. Oh, um, fun. And then the... Uh, the, the, the concert will conclude with um, fireworks. It's the biggest fireworks display usually in the city of the year. Um, 
And they've also got concerts coming up at Institute Park on July 7th. That's their annual uh, salute to Disney. And July 14th, which is um, their Magically Mozart uh, program. So no less vo- uh, venerable um, is Indian Ranch, um, which returns this summer, beginning June 15th with uh, Lee Bryce. Which so, is, yeah, that, that, that's a good start, good start for country fans there. Well, the beer, I'm sure the beer will be flowing, at, least on, at least on stage for Indeed. that one. Uh, he's got hits like Drinking Class and uh, <laughs> Parking Lot Party. So, um, so the season um, is heavy with the uh, country acts, as you might expect for Indian Ranch. But they've also got, got uh, some other interesting shows. There's Melissa Etheridge on mm. uh, June 29th. That's the exciting uh, one there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she was in Worcester at the Hanover June 2017. Um, she's gone Memphis uh, with her with her music recently. Um, also coming up at Indian Ranch will be Cheap Trick, still going um, after all these years. Um, get the Lead Out, which is very good uh, Led Zeppelin tribute band. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got country staples like um, of a Charlie Daniels band. Oh, it's uh, not the Indian Ranch series without Charlie Daniels. He really isn't. No, no, he's 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 been there many times now. Uh, they've also got Dwight Yoakam. He's he's a regular. Um, so, um, and now they've got their uh, Samuel Slater's restaurant at Indian Ranch. And too. I'm really interested to see how that because there have been mm. times where I've been kind of k- get there early and just kind of kicking around. I think that might actually be. Yeah, nice to have a place to sit and yeah, have a real I, meal. Yeah, I haven't actually been to the restaurant, but I've heard lots of good things about Excellent. it. Excellent. Um, so um, another festival that's a lot – well, a festival that's a lot newer is the Winchenden Music Festival, but mm-hmm. it's an interesting one, and it's fourth year, and um, it continues actually June 7th and 8th with – and ninth with um, a variety of concerts, including jazz. Um, then there's Beth Behea Cohen, who uh, is a violinist who plays um, music um, of Syrian, Jewish, and Russian her- her- heritage. Um, there's uh, on June 9th, there's folk singer Chris Moyes. Um, then later on, uh, the, the festival. On June 28th has a Jennifer Ash soprano. Um, June 29th, Raf- Randall Scotting, who's a countertenor. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's World Music uh, Sunday, June 30th. So um, that's an interesting, interesting series. Now, it's been 10 years now since uh, Out to Lunch It got feels like going, it's still uh, a new series, on, but it's been 10 years. On Worcester Common, yeah. So that that, that includes farmer's markets, so there's food, arts and crafts, and um, 10, 10 performers, uh, 10 weeks, beginning uh, June 10th with uh, King Warble. And then upcoming will, will be um, some familiar names such as Dale LePage, Nick Luparelli, Crocodile River Music, the Worcester Jazz Collective. That's they, that, Those are all going to be fun shows, I think. Those are great for outdoors and on a hot middle of a hot summer day. Yeah. I'm still trying to get details about 
the Park Other Park concerts, um, but rest assured there will be an Unpark concert concert series, um, and uh, I gather that uh, one of the acts will be um, Chuck and Mud celebrating 40 years on June 27th. Indeed, indeed, and I know we're going to have more on that coming up in the near future. But yeah, no, that, it's amazing how some of these acts have just forty years. This is unthinkable. Almost. I know <laughs> it's, it's yeah. incredible. You know, they become such a part of the fabric of the cultural community. Right, right. Um, a new, brand new event is going to be the Central Mass Jazz Festival um, on June twenty second at Cristoforo Colombo Park again, or, or, or East Park. Um, this uh, has an interesting lineup, including um, artists such as um, uh, Mike Renzi, who's who's who's, who's quite famous, um, um, Jim Porcella, Pamela Hines. Um, uh, it's a fundraiser for WCAA, WCCA TV. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it does. There have been other jazz jazz festivals that have. Come and gone here. Indeed. Um, or come and gone and come back in at least one case. <laughs> well, I was going to say that um, I was going to say that the Jazz at Sunset uh, has been revamped now uh, uh, behind the Hanover Theatre. It used to be at the Equitarium for many years, but mm-hmm. um, um, uh, came to an end. Um, um, was silent for a couple of years. There was an attempt to revive it um, elsewhere. But now, um, for the third year, it's going to be behind the uh, Hanover Theatre. And um, they're going to be, it's going to feature Dwight and Nicole on July 12th and Michael Dutra and the Strictly Sinatra Band on uh, August 2nd. And this, that, this looks like there's going to be great shows there. I do always find it odd that it's only two shows. It feels like they should always be three. There's <laughs> something about two that's odd. Yeah, well... Or even, I suppose. Yeah, I know. Well, it's it's a question of how much support um, these things can get. Fair. Um, yeah. Um, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, um, we've had other jazz festivals that um, were going to be here, uh, organizers said, for um, years to come, but um, you never heard from them after the uh, after the first festivals. Mm, uh, true. Well, j- jazz is tricky. I mean, Worcester has, a, has an all-jazz, well, mostly jazz radio station, and, it, and its, photos, its uh, followers are very devoted, but yes. it is... It, 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 it is minority appeal, um, you know. Yeah. Um, so um, getting that crossover audience can be difficult, Tricky. difficult sometimes. Um, and uh, there are a couple of other f- diverse festivals coming up. At Elm Park, there's the 8th Annual Day of Play Family Festival, um, which has a lot of activities including storytelling, um, uh, dancing, and, and um, constructive activities for well, children. Well, that sounds like fun. Um, um, you don't always have to be constructive, though, and there is the Big Dipper Ice Cream Festival. I think that's up, very uh, constructive. Coming up at Elm Park I on construct June large. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's always a popular event. Um, Indeed. 
And there we go. We've got a lot coming up looking for And that, does, that doesn't even lead us into the big festival season at the end of summer, beginning of fall. So there's a lot to look forward to in the near future here in Worcester and a lot of good reasons to be outside. But, you know, it's a lovely day out today. So hopefully we'll get to do some of that even without prompting today. All right. Thank you much, Richard, for joining us. You have been listening to Worcester Culture Watch. For more, read our arts and entertainment coverage in the Worcester Telegram and Gazette and online at telegram.com. As always, our music was composed by DJ Manipulator. Thanks, and we'll be back next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... Uh human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.